Hi there. And now that you're here, we're all in the company of your cool aunts. I'm Sam. And I'm Ted. And this is the Your Cool Aunts podcast. We're following the lives and times of cool aunts through Claire's diary. So welcome back. Glad to have you. If you're new here, be sure to check out the website. There's lots of good stuff there. All of Claire's diary, all of the podcasts, everything's there. The boardroom brings you up to speed. Um, lots of nice, there's nice photography. It's cool. It's cool. You should check and it out. You can subscribe there. And if you do that, you'll get an email with the link for every new episode. So you'll never miss a thing. Or you can always go and subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts. Advance access. Yes. It's a good thing. So well, subscribe. Earliest possible access. <laughs> earliest possible is true. All right. Here we go. Claire's diary. How are you? I'm fine. Could we go back and just kind of uh, summarize? Because I think there was a little confusion the last time we were together. Yeah, I got a little confused. As to the end. Like, what <laughs> is she doing? I didn't understand. Okay. Anyway. My recollection is this. Correct me if I'm wrong. My recollection is this. They, meaning Grace and Sid, have taken Claire's bits and pieces of a business plan. They've reconstructed it. They say, look, it's not going to work. But we have this other idea. And the other idea is they're doing some work in their PR business in wine and spirits counterfeiting. You know, they're, some of these clients they have are into buying these special vintages and things. And so that's where they get, you know, scammed, I guess. Right? <laughs> and they don't want <laughs> like anybody to know part. it. Yeah. Because they look kind of foolish. And this is Grace's work and trade. Make problems go away. Right? Mm-hmm. So they've asked Claire if she's willing to work with them, and then this way they can fund her little business adventure. I shouldn't say her little business adventure. Her plan to import, export these beautiful artisanal wines. Is that right? So to enable Claire to develop her business. Right, right. She's going to work with them. Well, they've asked her. They've she asked her. We don't to know work yet. So Claire is sort of like, wait a minute, my mother and my aunt are involved in this. I don't know anything about it. My good friends are involved with this. How and could then, everybody keep such a secret? It's amazing. Well, you know, I think when Laurent Barrett lay down the law, mm. ain't nobody going to mess with them. <laughs> Besides, they were such an asset to these, these people, right? Right. Okay. So that's where we are. Yeah, I think so. So... Claire also had a little walk down memory lane about being in the business, what it means to her, the women of Champagne, and how they created the marketing plan for luxury goods, right. and how they policed it too, and made sure they weren't made sure their own reputations were protected by not allowing people to make crappy versions of what they were doing. Okay. So as it stands now, huh. Claire is in the process of investigating whether she wants to, not right. investigating, but thinking, about, thinking considering. about considering getting into this business with them. So she was headed off to speak to Laurent and Barrett. She sort of stopped in her tracks, reversed, and went back to Sid and Grace to say some, you know, I need some more information. And they stepped in and said, we owe you some more. So that's where we are right now. The full story comes out. <laughs> okay. 
So let's get on with it. All right. Well, there happens to be a diary entry mm. from Claire. So Claire is on the terrace with Grace and Sid. Sid is saying, hey, we owe you some explanation. So it starts off by saying, Grace had started her career working for an ad agency that grew exponentially, and she eventually ran their public relations division. She was already very successful there when Sid joined her team. Together, they were a force to be admired. When you knew about their handiwork, but most of the time, no one ever knew. Grace has fantastic stories about the PR nightmares of anonymous clients. The problem fixing is by a silent, effective hand that leaves no prints behind. <laughs> the fixers. Well, <laughs> That's I what can, they are. They're yeah, the fixers. They're fixers. This is like, you know, Olivia Pope meets the wine world. <laughs> what was that? Scandal. Yeah. Yeah. So whether they are embarrassed or in danger of losing a fortune or both, they call in Sid and Grace. This is the precursor to how they became involved in suspected wine forgeries and scams. It started with a call from a long-term client, a very, underscored, a very well-known auction house that used Grace and Company for all of their promotional and PR work. But this call was different. They needed to meet with Grace and only Grace and at an odd location. The chairman of the board was waiting for her in a diner in New Jersey. The auction house had recently made substantial investments, tens of millions of dollars, in a series of highly anticipated auctions of some very well-known wine sellers. This was the chairman's pet project and a new business venture for the auction house. In addition to the money, the auction house and the chairman's reputations were at risk. He turned to Grace after a note had been faxed into his office, and the note claimed there were several forgeries in the collections designated for the auction. Hmm. Well, sending something by fax, huh? So this guy Seems is out of date. going into a new area of auctioning wines, and he gets a note at the last minute you have fakes in the mix. Hmm. So reputation is really all an auction house ever has, right? Yeah, that's true. Well, this man has a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Men and their little a, problem. A faxed problem. Okay. <laughs> well, he may have a problem. Let's put it that way. We don't know yet. Okay, so Grace continued. So this is a long, she's quoting Grace here. She said, I had not a single idea of where or how to begin. And you were traveling, Claire. Oh, God knows where. And I certainly don't remember either. So what's a girl to do when she has trouble in the wine business? So I reached out for a cool aunt's help, and she answered. Yes, I called Laurent, and she flew into New York overnight. For a meeting the next morning, Laurent was true to her character in a trench coat when we were picked up and taken to the collection stored in a warehouse down on the waterfront. This is not exactly where you'd expect to find a multi-million dollar collection stored in cardboard boxes. And Claire makes a little note here. She says, I interjected, wines like this are often packed this way to avoid drawing attention. And that's the end of Claire's little notation. So Grace continues. She says, yes, well, anyway, I wasn't impressed. 
Laurent approved the first of the two cases that were opened. And the chairman looked slightly better. She said, you know, that woman must have x-ray vision. She's able to see such minute detail at a glance. It's truly impressive. And then she selected another random box to be opened. And within seconds of the opening, she proclaimed the box contents as fakes. Every one of them fake. The chairman looked green. We checked a few more. At this point, Laurent turned to the chairman and expressed her sincerest sympathies about the <laughs> lot. Oh, man. She advised him to reject it in its entirety as she believed they probably would not find another single authentic bottle. And then there's a quote from Laurent. This is a classic fraud problem. It has all the indicia of a very basic fraud. A few good bottles in front of table wine. You'd be wasting your time to open any more of these. Let's leave now. The weather is threatening. I think we'd all be better off back in the city. There's no need to protect this wine. I'll be happy to provide additional analysis if you like. And I appreciate the urgency of your situation. In your shoes, I'd leave it where it lies. And that's the end of Laurent's quote. Hmm. Okay, so they're in a warehouse. Laurent is wearing a trench coat. <laughs> Almost a... Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what you'd call it. I guess PR, PR person. PRPI, is that such a thing? <laughs> a private... <laughs> oh, she's not the one. Grace is, no. Grace is the PR no, person. No, so picture it. Grace is there. She's brought Laurent. They meet the chairman. They go out to a waterfront warehouse. You know, I'm envisioning fog and, you know... <laughs> There's a movie of this. <laughs> clanking and big, dank, creepy warehouse. And Laurent, with the wave of a hand, says, they're fake. They're all fake. And um, she says, let's get out of here. Don't even waste your time there's, and money there's a, protecting There's a storm us. coming, so let's move on. Yeah, so she wants to get out of there and go back to the city. <laughs> okay, so they've called on Laurent and not bothered Claire. She... She couldn't. She didn't know where she Claire was, was. Right, so she right. reached out to Laurent. What's a girl to do? She calls a cool aunt, even if it's not her aunt. It's, she called. But a cool we aunt. all have cool aunts somewhere. Well, not all of them know about wine. Well, that's true. <laughs> okay, so Claire Claire goes on. She says, "Grace, pause for a very long minute," and she quotes her, "Claire, you never mentioned she, meaning Laurent." had some kind of, I don't know, like an extrasensory kind of thing going on. That's the end of the quote. And she says, oh, Grace, don't get all weird because she can see details she's been studying for her lifetime. Goes back to Grace. She says, no, Claire. She told him to leave the wine where it lay, in cardboard boxes, in a waterfront warehouse on the morning of an unexpected and historically powerful storm. Claire. The entire collection was declared a loss. The storm surge flooded the warehouse up to the rafters. <laughs> and even better, the loss was fully covered by the auction house's insurance for the anticipated sale amount because they were technically in possession of the wine, pending authentication and acceptance. The auction house made a record profit and someone got away with the scam. Wow. However, <laughs> the last time I mentioned it to Laurent, she said, it's not over until I say it's over. 
So I don't think Laurent will let go of that file until then. What does that mean? It means Laurent's going to keep her eye out for whoever's done this. So it's over, but it's not really over. Well, it's over as far as the chairman and the right. auction house is concerned. She saved them. But in Laurent's mind, there's been a great right. wine forgery here. Well, there's probably some other people who have been duped. You know, I think coulants are the kind of women who don't forget things very easily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the Ten Commandments of being a coulant. Don't it forget not anything. It's over until I say it's yeah. over. Yeah, she's pretty cool. Okay. Well, but that's Laurent, though. I mean, we've seen that over a period of so many seasons, uh, so many episodes, yeah. how she operates. So what else happened? Well, I don't know. Did you get the same feeling about the warehouse and everything that I did? Yes, it's, I did. It's okay. All right, so move on. This is Claire. She says, Sid resurfaced in the conversation. And she quotes her. She says, after that event, shall I say, well, apparently the chairman turned out to be our seed client for issues relating to the wine and spirits issues. Eventually, we expanded our team to handle all of the new or additional workload. I guess there's more buyer's remorse, scams, and counterfeiting than one could ever imagine. Laurent was our superpower, though. She could dispense with almost all issues quickly, and most of all, we trusted one another. In fact, she brought in her sister for a consultation on one problem. I think it had something to do with the paper. It's used for a very special label. And just like Laurent, it didn't take Barrett very long to identify the problems and the forgery in the label. I don't know. I think she mentioned something about currency paper made in Massachusetts doesn't matter anyway. She's always game for solving an interesting problem. Lately, she's been managing our fine art authentication files too. Barrett, she has the patience of a saint, skills of a neurosurgeon, and best of all, a heart of gold. Hmm. They wow. love Barrett. I was going to say, what, <laughs> did we, what was Barrett doing before building her beekeeper's cottage, right? Remodeling the beekeeper's cottage when she moved out to California. Yeah. And that's all she thought, we thought that she did. You know, tinkered around in the garden and played with a dog. <laughs> Little did we know. Well, I You never know what people are into. You really don't. I remember don't. in the last episode we were talking about, you know, as, as the child of someone, you never know what your parent is really doing, thinking, or you, there are things you don't know about their other life before mm. you existed. Right. <laughs> Apparently, Barrett's been busy. Yeah, I guess so. Right. Both of them. Yeah. So Claire says, I stopped her there. Hang on a second. This means when the two of you arrived here with the Airstream trailer, Sid, you already knew Barrett? And then Sid answers and she says, well, only ever on the phone and in video chats. We never actually met in person. And that's the end of her quoting Sid. And she says, oh, now I get it. That's why the two of you went off on a little walk in the vineyard. <laughs> well, she is observant. You got to say that about Claire. Damn. And Grace, had you seen her since our graduation from college? And Grace answers, nope, period. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I avoided it because I knew you'd be able to see it. I couldn't lie to you. You'd call me out in less than a minute. And Grace says, so have you finished with this little cross-examination? No one ever wanted to deceive you, Claire. It was imperative to your mother and especially Laurent 
that we never interfere with your work as a wine merchant. It was an absolute condition of their work with us. And now that their agreement with us has changed, how about joining us? No more secrets. That ends Grace's quote. So Claire says, and I realized it mostly because I was starving and I never did manage to get that first cup of coffee. Barrett and Cha came around to the terrace from the pond side and Cha acted as though he hadn't seen me in weeks. This is the thing I love about dogs like him. At times, a little too emotionally codependent, but there's nothing like his absolute joy at finding you in an unexpected place or greeting you even after a short absence. We all headed back to the cottage, and together we fixed up a nice lunch to enjoy on the porch without another word about their proposal. The afternoon slipped away, and we all needed some quiet time. One of those naps where you never actually sleep, but you do rest peacefully. Before leaving the porch, Sid asked me if I was up for their plan. How could I refuse to work with four interesting, smart women who all inspire one another? I didn't need to answer. She knew. I so guess she's all in. <laughs> I guess she's all in. She's all in. But wow, she still hasn't talked to that? Barrett. No, she still. Maybe she'll tell us that. I don't know. Down yeah. the road. Well, we know now. We know more now than we did the last time. It's just all very interesting. I lo- I, I'm loving this chairman and his auction house story. So the chairman really brought this work to Grace. Right. Right. And then it's after Grace fixed that kind of a problem. You know, these people move in the same circles, right? Mm-hmm. And the chairman would tell his friends like, oh, you have a problem with your wine. Well, I think I think what's really fascinating is when you think about the con- idea that somebody got, you know, duped, bamboozled, whatever the word is you want to use, and now they've spent all this money on this item or these items, and they think it might not be real. Who are you going to tell? I mean, it's not like you're going to call up your favorite, um, you know, newspaper editor and say, oh, guess what? Right. I mean, they've yeah. got to really keep it. Well, I think there's quiet. some embarrassment with it. Like I right. got duped. Right. I was dumb enough to fall right. for this. I think that's how some someone might feel. You remember there's a famous story about this, though. You remember one of the Koch brothers got involved in buying a wine. It was Jefferson's wine. Yep. Right. That's right, the right, one. Right. Right. And it was there was a book written about it, and he pursued this issue for years tracking down this well he had the money he had the money to pursue it well they call in all these experts there's the people who are expert in the bottle the cork the paper label the you know that everything is and they do like microscopic testing and they test the ink because certain inks yes had been developed well they have they can't use up the product and testing it either so it has to be a delicate Mm. kind of approach but someone had forged the bottle. That's why it's always suspicious, you know, when there's a sudden discovery. Oh, look, we pulled this bottle <laughs> At out. At the bottom of the sh- ocean. <laughs> One of the champagne houses did do that, yes, though. There was yes. a, I think, legitimately confirmed um There was a rack, shipwreck. Yeah, there? rack of, bo- and it was because it was under pressure and it was kept cold and that, I think there was a recent discovery of a ship that yeah, yeah. I can't think of which house right now, but 
I think recently the same thing happened. I guess there were a lot of these shipwrecks back in the day when, you know, yeah. that was well, the mode of transportation. You know, there's a few too many um, journals that have been hidden <laughs> in walls. Uh, you know, there are a number of cellars, these branches and the coves, mm-hmm. right, that were sealed off during the German occupation. Right. And several of them were forgotten. They were eventually rediscovered. They were always looking for these, you know, little end places that were, uh, you know, covered up. And, you know, they they hid art treasures in there, too. Well, they did that in trains and, you know, in train stations and all kinds of places. But I think it's, it is plausible, though, when you think about things being hidden in walls. It is plausible because people... You know, some of these buildings are hundreds of years old. Oh, I know. And other people have lived there and they die off and people don't remember what, you know, Uncle John left or whatever. And (laughs) yeah, and I I don't think it's that, you know, living in a country where nothing is over, you know, 50 years old here in terms of buildings. It's it's a very, we have a very different mindset about how things can be hidden than -hmm. they do, you Mm -hmm. know. And there's always an old barn or, you know, some you know, the wall was added or whatever. And there's somebody left something there, you know? You think about sometimes kids, and maybe people do too, I'm sure, they leave a mark like I was here, you know, June 10th, you know, 1990 or something, right? <laughs> and then somebody else buys the house and sometimes they paint over it and sometimes they, they don't, right? When I was a kid, I grew up in a house that had a laundry chute in it and the laundry chute went from my bedroom down through the kitchen into the cellar where where the laundry was set up. And um, I remember writing in the laundry chute, like overhead, you know, uh, over the door inside the chute. We should go see. Is that still there? (laughs) Next time we go. You know, I wrote my name and the day, you know, I was here on. It was, you know, I bet money, I bet it's still there. (laughs) Yeah, of course it's still there. So, the other thing that, that she says, which kind of brought a memory back for me, was uh, taking the quiet time to take a nap. And that brought me right back to being in Paris and, you know, how the apartments oh, are uh, around. I know exactly what you're talking about right you now. You know, so all of the apartments face a common yard, usually yeah, some or, kind of a courtyard. Yeah. Sometimes it's sort. tiny. It's just a small Sometimes it's just an air shaft, right? And at night or during the day even, you hear people playing piano or playing a violin or talking or, you know, uh, plates clanking because people are making dinner or whatever. Well, usually around 4.30, 5 o'clock, like on a Sunday afternoon, people Mm. have taken a nap and all of a sudden you can smell pasta cooking. Right, right, right. You know, and then you hear a couple of things clank and... Yeah, people are waking up and fixing a light Sunday supper or something, you know. Um, They do love their naps. But the sounds of life, not disturbing sounds, it's comforting. You hear Mm -hmm. little kids talking down Mm -hmm. below Mm -hmm. and they're playing. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's It's, very nice. It's a very sweet feeling. that, That restful time that she's talking about here where you need to stop moving, doing, talking, and you're not sleeping, but you're resting. And then she says, right after this passage, she says, um, before leaving the porch, Sid asked me if I was up for the plan. So after all this quiet, sleepy time and all the rest of it we've just talked about, then she says to him, well, are you ready? Are you going to be part of us? You know, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
But anyway, and she says, how could I not be part of this? Which is kind of cool. So this is like a whole other world she's exposing us to. So Claire is going to be in the importing-exporting business that she's starting, and she's going to be involved in this business with Grace and Sid and Laurent and Barrett, where they're dealing with the wine and spirit forgeries, counterfeits, possibilities of verifications even, right? Right. right. Uh, so, and they also, remembering back for a minute, they want her to run her business as she planned and to listen. Right. They know the value of Claire is her, well, a lot, but it's her experience. She's in the business. She's connected with these people. And that's a value. Rather than just observing from the outside, they're going to know about it when it starts. I mean, particularly for this type yeah. of wine. But and you know what happens when people come and hang out? They, they tend talk. to talk. <laughs> <laughs> they talk. Wittingly or not, they yeah. talk. Well, well, this is cool. So she's off on another vi- adventure. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Thoughts, comments? <laughs> Nothing. Now I, I want to know what's going on. Yeah. What's the next story going to tell us? This, this, this one, Claire, was slightly more satisfying. <laughs> well, she's tying up some loose ends yeah, for us. Yeah. Okay. She still needs to have a conversation with Barrett, though, right? It's coming. It's coming. I know. Just be patient. patient. All right, then. We'll all have to be patient. Until next time when we're back back at the mic. mic. (laughs) Okay. See you next time.